happy, happy, happy Mother's Day. It is an absolute privilege and honor to get to be up here today um, with the other three wives of Desert Stream. We are um, so excited to take over the microphone today and talk about Mother's Day. We each are coming at it from a very different perspective with a lot of different experience. All of our children are at different ages. So for those who don't know me, um, I'm Katrina Henshaw. And um, I might have been chosen to go first because I have the youngest. So rather than say I'm a young mom, I just say I'm a mom with young children. Um, I have a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 6-year-old at home. And life is crazy. So we're going to talk a little bit about hope today. This is the focus of our um, chosen topic. And we are uh, each going to tell you and share with you what the Lord has put on our hearts um, I've been thinking the last couple of weeks about the word hope as, as we prepared for this. And uh, I've heard a lot of people recently say things like, I hope you have a good day. Or, gosh, I really hope I get that job. Um, or one of my favorites is, I really hope my kids grow up to be kind human beings. And uh, I think in this sense, when we use this word hope, we're using it a little more like a wish. And... Um, we're kind of putting it out there into the universe and uh, hoping this grand genie of some sorts would grant this wish to us. Um, but hope is a lot more than that. And so I went to Google, good old Google, just to kind of see what's, what's the world say about hope? What, what is out there? And um, as I was looking at it, I, I found some information about, you know, psychology today that's talking about um, this idea of positive psychology. There's an entire branch of psychology called positive psychology, and it deals with the concept of hope, meaning that um, one of the ways that people can live a happy and fulfilled life is through this concept of hope. And I thought that's pretty fascinating that from a um, worldly perspective, they would recognize hope as being a foundational characteristic. And it still got me pressing in to say, well, what is hope? What, what does the world see hope as? Because I know as a believer what I see it as. So a known psychologist, Dr. Judith Rich, um, described hope like this, and I, I think you'll catch on to where I'm going with this. She, um, and it caught my attention. She said, hope is a match in a dark tunnel, a moment of light, just enough to reveal the path ahead and ultimately the way out. Hope gives us a glimpse of possibility, not in the darkness. Hope shows the way out, but for an instant only. And I thought, that's an interesting perspective because it's presenting hope as being this fleeting concept. Yet, when I read it, I was struck by the idea that hope sounds so much like a person to me, the person of Jesus. She describes it as hope, but I call him Jesus. And he's not a fleeting concept. Jesus is hope personified. John 1.5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. Meaning the light's not temporary, as it was described before by Dr. Judith um, Rich. It's not fleeting. The light, Jesus, cannot be quenched. So parents, moms, specifically today, how do we maintain the hope during a pandemic? Well, bottom line, we go to Jesus. Bottom line. To remember and to remain in that steadfast place, we have to surrender to Jesus. Hebrews 7.19 says, For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope. So the law made nothing perfect. There is this bringing in of a better hope through which or whom we draw near to God. So moms, we can't do this alone. 
trying to stay upbeat and positive and hope-filled for our families, that strength only comes from above, and it comes from the Father. Uh, a couple of years ago, about two actually, my life got really, really busy, and it was all with great and wonderful things, um, except it became too much. What used to be joyful and exciting turned into a massive burden, and I was overwhelmed by it. And I probably would have kept going because responsibility is one of my strongest uh, characteristics, except that my body started to shut down, and it let me know that I had reached complete capacity, and I burned out. And it was a shame-filled experience for me, and I was embarrassed to admit that I couldn't do it all, and I had to learn to say no even knowing that that was going to hurt and let other people down. But I had to learn to take myself off the back burner and bring the needs to the Lord and put myself um, forward and heal my spirit. And the only way that I was to do that was to press into him. I invited a few close friends to journey with me. I journaled a lot. I read the word a lot and I listened to worship to fill my tank back up because I had gotten to a place where I was trying to do all of those things on my own. And guess what? It didn't work at all. Eventually, I was cashing more checks than my bank account had. I couldn't sustain what I was doing. But the Father was so gracious to me during that season. And um, one of the biggest takeaways that I had during that time, because I'm, I'm on the other side of this now, um, journeying through that was that I had to figure out whose I am before I figured out who I am. And I'm going to say that again. I had to get it in the right order. I had to know whose I was before I knew who I was. And I had that completely backwards. I identified as a teacher, a mother, a parent, a wife, a sister, a daughter, a friend, a pastor's wife. All of these other things identified me. And I was proud to bear all of those names. Um, but that became my identity. And I even um, went and saw a counselor. She was fantastic. And it was funny to me, but not, because I knew the Lord was using her, even though she wasn't a faith-based person, to speak this into my life. And she really challenged me on, Katrina, who are you? You are a person who teaches. You are not a teacher. And it was right at the same time that Pastor Kevin was doing his messages on understanding whose we are. And I was like, I'm, I think I'm finally getting it. This many years later, I'm finally getting who I am. And so that for me was a, a takeaway of understanding that I need to be pressing into him. I can carry all those responsibilities um, of being a parent, of being a teacher in this pandemic. I mean, Blur's Day is a very real concept in my home about five days a week because I'm set up teaching online, my three kids are set up online, my husband is in and out for his job, sometimes he's home, sometimes he's not, sometimes he's online. Um, so it, it is a blur most of the days. Um, and how do we find joy in that? How do we um, sustain this because I think we can all agree that this pandemic has gone on a lot longer than we anticipated and we're starting to lose hope. But I just challenge you that hope is not a genie in a bottle. Hope is Jesus. Hope is um, Jesus personified. Push in to him. The only way, moms, you are going to be able to walk out of this with your head held high, even walk into tomorrow, um, Mark has to remind me often, 
Katrina, tomorrow has enough worries of its own. You just have to focus on today because I'll get myself so anxious and so stressed out about, oh my gosh. And on top of all this, I'm taking a math class, a university math course. Who in their right minds thinks that's a good idea? I have no idea, but I did. So add all of that and I've got all these extra responsibilities and assignments I have to turn in and I get so panicked and Mark says, Katrina, today has enough worries of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. So moms with littles, I just challenge you. I know this is a tremendous stressful season and I wanna give you permission today to confess that this pandemic is taking a tremendous toll on you and your family. And it's okay to admit that. Can I remind you that you can't do this on your own, that you were never actually created to do it alone, that the father of lights is waiting for you to ask him for the strength you need to do this. So invite him to journey this with you. Turn to the father whose love for you is as vast as the ocean. I'm gonna leave you with this thought. Vincent van Gogh once said, it is true there is an ebb and a flow but the sea remains the sea. Father, God, is the sea. So, O oh Lord, let us not fear too much the storms and winds of our daily lives, and let us know that there is an ebb and a flow, but that the sea remains the sea. And I believe I'm turning over to Rhonda now. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. My name is Rhonda McFall. I'm a mom to three grown children, Sarah, Jonathan, and Brittany, and a mom to a son-in-law, Dylan, and a grandma to two beautiful granddaughters, Promise and Leighton. And good morning to all of you if you're watching. I want to share a story of hope with you, and I'm going to start with some scripture, Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Paul tells us that we hope in the glory of God. And then he says, not only this, but you also glory in your sufferings. Our sufferings produce perseverance, character, and character hope. All of us as believers, we have this hope. Romans 5 tells us, and this is not just a generic hope. Generic hope is that I hope my situation will get better. I hope that my spouse will change. I hope that my health will improve. You can always hope for these sorts of things, but that's not the hope that Romans 5 is talking about. Romans 5 is talking about a special hope. Paul tells us that our hope is in the glory of God. This is that Romans 8.28 hope. Do you know that verse? It says, God works all things to good those, to those who love him. All things. 
This is the belief that God takes everything that happens to me, every suffering, every disappointment, every mistake, and he works it for his good. Now, it may not be my good, but he works it for his good. It may not turn out the way I thought it would. It may not even ever, I may not even ever get to see the good. But I can hope that it is all, that he is working all of these things in my life for his glory. We all believe that deep down somewhere, don't we? But then we kind of forget because we head into a season of suffering. Now, unfortunately, one thing that is guaranteed in life is suffering. And being a follower of Christ does not exempt me from suffering. Being a good person or a nice person or following all of the rules does not exempt you from suffering. Suffering is just a part of life. But remember, as followers of Christ, we have this hope. So we operate out of the assumption that God is working all of these things for our good. And Paul tells us that part of that good is suffering. It's that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance is when you keep going even when you don't think you can. Now, have you ever been in a situation where you just had to keep putting one foot in front of the other and you have no idea how you were doing it, but you were able to keep going? Moms know a lot about perseverance, right? We can operate under very little sleep. And when we are sick, we keep going. We have to, right moms? We have to push through a lot sometimes, especially during those early years. Both of my daughters are right in the throes of those years right now. And I can empathize and I help them as much as I can, but it's different when you're living it. And if you are parenting infants, toddlers, and preschoolers right now like they are, I pray strength and patience follow you wherever you go. Oh, and sleep. I pray you also have sleep. But it's not only moms that have to push through. We all have to keep going to work every day when we're sick, when we're struggling, when life feels upside down. Life doesn't stop when we go through a difficult season or struggle. This is perseverance. And the beauty of perseverance is that you get to find out how strong you really are. You tap into that strength that you didn't know you had. So just as you get on the other side of this trial, you start to realize that you are stronger now than you were before. You're wiser now. You're kinder now. You're more compassionate. Because God has sustained you through something. He got you through, and now you have more hope. I've endured many struggles in my life, and those times where I felt like it was just too much, you know, you know those times where you think, can I just move far, far away? I just want to run away. Or those times where you ask God, why me or why my child? Those are tough times. And you know that feeling when you wake up in the morning 
in the midst of a struggle, and immediately the anxiety just sets in because you remember the situation that you're going through. No, it's not a dream. It's still here. But be very careful and don't stay there too long. You don't want to prolong the process of what God wants to do in your life. Yes, it hurts, but (laughs) complaining cost Israel 40 years in the desert, and it was supposed to be a two-week journey, and they ended up being there for 40 years because of complaining. Now, I know it hurts, but do you trust that even when God doesn't fix it, that he's going to fix something in you. And he's going to do something through you. Remember, as believers of Christ, we are not exempt from suffering, but we have hope. Hebrews 6.18 says to take hold of this hope because it's an anchor for your soul. Paul says in Colossians 1.27, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is, in, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I may not be able to hope that people will change, and I may not be able to hope that I will get a new job or that my suffering or my situation is going to get any better. It's not a question of can God change the situation. The question is, do I trust him? He's never failed me yet. My hope is in my past struggles that I've handed over to God, that I've persevered through, and they've become my victories. Maybe not always in the way I thought they would, but God worked them out for his good, which often resulted in my character improving. So take some time to recall those miracles in your life where God answered your needs and provided for you when there didn't seem to be a way. You know, those stories and those moments, they need to be the lifeblood of your family and your life. Build on those. Ann Voskamp put it like this. She said, my darkness becomes a canvas for his light. And I know how when you're in the midst of the worst struggle, you don't want to hear that you just need to trust God and persevere. I get it. Sometimes it does hurt so bad that you can't even imagine you're going to get through it. And if you are in this place, I'm sorry that you're hurting. But I do know that God is going to get you through. God is going to be with you every step of this process. He will never leave you. And when you don't feel him and when you do feel him, he comes to you right there in your pain. I want to leave you with this. He is the hope that you can cling to when you have nothing else to hold on to. Don't let go of that. Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all of our wonderful moms out there. Um, I am a wife and a mother. I'm a mother to five children. And they're, my youngest is 17. It seems like 
lots of years ago when I was maybe more sleep deprived. Now I get to wake them up. It's wonderful. It does, it does get better, Katrina. I trust, trust me. You can, you can check on them at noon and see if they're still breathing on a Saturday. Anyway, yeah, it's wonderful. And I want to speak to hope as well today. I feel like in this season, you know, this time last year, we all felt like we were in this together. This year, it seems like there's so many divides. You know, there's, there's the people who follow rules, those who are called to push boundaries, those who don't follow rules just because they don't follow rules. And, and there seems to be this huge divide. But I think as a body of Christ, we can be deliverers of hope. And I would describe hope as the seed of faith. I think hope is sparked in us to get us to step into faith. And that hope could start with a dream. It could start with a word. It could be the tiniest little glimmer of something to help us to step into that. And so I want to encourage you today to grab a hold of hope for you, for your family, to step into whatever it is that you need to step into to be a light in our community, to be able to see what it is God wants to do in our nation. I think at different times throughout history, the world has come to a halt. And things that we've been able to depend on as milestones have not been there anymore. And I think there's, there's grief in that and there's things where our children grow up expecting to do certain things as a milestone into another season. And we can acknowledge the disappointment. But I think if we grab a hold of hope, God can give us the ability to see from a different angle. The ability to still celebrate, to still move into. I mean, as, as having teenage um, children, I, we've, we've gone through the lack of prom, the lack of different things like that. But we try not to focus on that. And that doesn't mean that there's not grief. It doesn't mean that it doesn't, you know, stink. It sort of does, <laughs> but it does mean that there is hope still for a future. And I think if we look back through history, when the world has halted and people have dared to believe for something different, to let God do the work that he needed to do so we could shift, we have seen great things come of it. And so I would suggest as moms that we let him do that I know life is busy if you're a mom of littles, but I would say our strength comes from Christ. Our hope comes from Christ. And it's quite often a mom who sets the, the uh, temperament in a home. You know, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And, and it's really important, I think, as mothers for us to be able to sow hope into our children, for them to be able to see something different. And I would take... A scripture from Romans, I, Paul was full of hope in the words, and maybe because he was someone who needed to grab hold of hope in his life, he needed hope, right, for change. But my, the scripture that really stood out to me about hope was Romans 15, 13, and it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that as women of God, we need to be willing to grab a hold of hope for a future. And that means stepping aside a little and letting God do what he wishes to do in us 
so that our spirit and our soul can be well. You know, that the song that the worship team sang, It Is Well With My Soul, has been one of my go-tos, I think, in the last short season, because it really does need to be well with my soul. And it's a good reminder. And I think that we need to choose to grab a hold of hope, whatever that looks like for you, if that's a gratitude journal so that you can remind yourself of what you're grateful of, whether that's, you know, worship, it's always including the word because it's the water of the washing of the word that renews our mind, that helps us in our foundation. And so hope is that thing that we need to grab hold of. And I would say throughout history, there have been different mothers that have grabbed hold of hope. You know, Moses' mom, she had hope for a change in a future. And he was a change in a future. And so I think there are times like that where we as parents, as mothers, whether you're an actual physical mother or a spiritual mother, we can pray into that and ask God to give us that hope, to see a shift in a change, to be able to be joyful in the day-to-day, to be able to shift the atmosphere in our own home so we can shift it around us. And I would say that in this season, things have, have definitely come to a slower um, normal, right? Where we've been able to maybe enjoy the smaller things in life, the little things that we would kind of rush through. And I would say that we need to learn to just enjoy those moments. I don't think um, my husband and I have ever been able to chat with our neighbors so much. You know, we often would see them in our backyards. We have very large backyards where we live. And we would often see them and talk over the fence or whatever. But we've never had the time to actually chat with them, just whatever we were doing. We might chat or if it was garbage night, we were putting garbage out, we'd, we'd see them out at the, the sidewalk. But there is time to actually get to know them. Um, and to actually be able to be a difference in our community. And I think that is what we as parents, as moms, need to choose to be. That we can make a difference. And we can grab hold of hope. And we can sow seeds of faith of hope for people who are struggling. That it's not always the loss. That sometimes in the midst of a shift, it's so that we can think differently. And I would challenge you today to let God do that deep work in you so that you can think differently. Katrina had said that she needed to know who she was, who she was. And I would say that today, if you're struggling, just rest in whose you are. Choose to lean back into his arms because he can grab you. He can hold you. Dig into his word Dig into worship. There are so many incredible worship songs coming out in this season. I've, there, there are some, I think the other day I was, I had some worship playing. It was a, a um, I can't even remember the name of who it was, but my daughter had sent it to me. She said, you need to listen to this. And I'm sure my neighbors think we're nuts already, so it doesn't really matter. But, <laughs> I mean, I was in the living room with my earbuds in and, and um, hands up. And I thought, gosh, I could really just you know, God could really just do something right here. My husband might come up and wonder if I'm actually physically okay. <laughs> and I noticed a neighbor looking across the, win- the window, like across the street. I thought, oh, this is interesting. Well, another neighbor may actually think I'm nuts too, but that's okay. They're newer neighbors. We don't know them well. Um, I'm sure they wonder about us sometimes. 
But I think that in this season, we can let God do things deep in us. And it's in his presence, in his word, that he begins to fix those foundational things in us so that we can step out and be dealers of hope. So I want to leave you with that. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Um, I've been married. I'm Sherry Dowling, and I've been married for 37, I think it's 37 years, May 1984, so you do the math. Um, and we have three adult children. We have three in-law children, and we have 10, yes, 10 grandkids. Don't ask me to say all their names. I will get them confused. But I am um, I'm so thankful to be part of this church body, and I consider it an honor to be part of, of leading and guiding and getting to do relationship with you. And I so wish we could be here in person doing this together rather than online. Um, do you ever have unexpected things happen? Do you ever have something happen that blindsides you? Like, your last child is headed to school, you know, so now it's going to be time for you to pursue your career and pursue things. You have a three-month sabbatical plan because, well, you're burnt out and you really need the time off. You have all these plans and then suddenly things shift. And how many know there's good suddenlies and then there's suddenlies where you're just totally overwhelmed, you just can hardly think straight, and you're just reeling. And here's what I've learned in the midst of these suddenlies, especially this season where this pandemic and everything has changed. Those kids were going off to school, now you're the teacher. Everything has changed. Everything has changed, and you're left going, oh, my goodness. And the guys keep saying this on a Sunday morning. They keep saying, God's not surprised. God's not surprised by any of this. God knew. And you're saying, well, God, if you knew, why didn't you tell me? And here's the thing is, this is a huge revelation for me. He may not have told you or me, but he prepared us. He prepared us. Do you get that in your spirit? He prepared you. And you may feel like you're fumbling and you're not getting things right. But I'll tell you right here, right now, he has prepared you. And he has prepared you all along the journey. And he has given you weapons. And you say, well, and tools. And you say to yourself, well, I, I don't know what those weapons or tools are. Dig deeper. Press into him. Lean into him. Those who know my history know that. In 1995, I ended up in a very dark place, very depressed, and just in a, just a real bad, bad spot. A black hole is what I would call it. And I learned how to do war, and I knew, learned how to battle, and I learned very quickly what those tools were. And I used to call them steps. In fact, I was going to do a message today and share with you on uh, Mama's, Mama Dowling's steps and how to, to overcome and to sustain and maintain and, and get your hope. 
but the reality is they're not steps. There's tools and they're weapons. And I'm going to quickly share what some of those are. And these are key tools and weapons for me. And I'm telling you, this shifts things. How you go into events like this, how you face the obstacles in your life, how you view God in the midst of them is so key. He's a good God. He did not give you or I these issues. The word says that, um, that you have trials and temptations and they're never beyond which you can bear, but it doesn't say that he gave you those trials and temptations. Let's be very clear about where the source is. The source is not, not God. He's a good God. He gives good gifts and he does good stuff. So key number one, um, my, my, one of my key weapons that I wield in the midst of circumstances where I am just going for hope is worship. And you want a good uh, CD, a good playlist to listen to right now? Go to Bethel's Peace. And wow, Bethel's Peace worship um, CD, it is just, it is so calming to the spirit and will just build you up. Um, I, I just say it brings calm in the midst of chaos and that. So that was my, that's my number one weapon. Number two is the word of God. And you know what? The word, I just remind, remind yourself. What are your key verses? Remind yourself. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. Um, we know the plans that he has for us. We know in Jeremiah, you know, the plans to prosper you, give you a hope and a future. That's a good God. Uh, fast negative thoughts, uh, taking every thought captive. So you're waking in the middle of the night, you're dealing with panic issues. Um, take those thoughts captive. The word of God says you can take them captive. So, so wield that weapon, take those thoughts captive and replace those negative thoughts, the fears, the doubts. Uh, take that all captive and begin to apply the word of God. The other thing you need to fast is the media. I'm real serious on this because um, you need to be informed, yes. But here is where I would suggest you go to be informed. I check uh, our local stats in the midst of this pandemic. So I go to our health unit and I find out what's going on in my area so I can make responsible choices. But let's face it, the media is selling drama. Drama is what sells. Drama is what attracts, and drama does not build hope. So turn it off and forget about it, okay? Go to the Word. Go to worship. Um, another, another weapon, and we don't think of this as a weapon, but humor. Humor is good medicine. Laughter is good medicine for the soul. And in the midst of the, everything that's gone on, and we talk about Blur's Day, um, I'll tell this on myself. I, uh, I said to Kevin, I woke up one morning, and I said to Kevin, so what are your plans for today? He said, well, I thought I'd go and preach at Studio Church, thing as it is, Sunday. <laughs> and I totally, totally forgot what day of the week it was. And you can relate to that. But, but don't forget to laugh at yourself. Humor. This, is, this seems simple, but it's a weapon. You know, there's endorphins and things that God has created our bodies that get released when we begin to laugh. 
and tell, we've been telling our grandkids like funny stories. So we're telling stories about Derek when he was little and Amanda and Ryan and seemingly we, we, have, we have more stories about Derek, our youngest, than anybody to tell. Um, but we just, we're telling them funny stories because we see the importance for the kids to hear this. The kids, your kids, your grandkids, people around you, they need to hear you laugh. They need to hear fun things. They need to hear fun stories. Uh, you're not being disrespectful. You're ask, actually dispensing some wisdom, is what I would say to you in the midst of this. So tell the stories. Don't, don't let go of the humor. That's a weapon. Now, this next weapon is powerful, and that is gratitude. That is gratitude. Don't forget to count your blessings. You are blessed. I am blessed. We are blessed. We are so incredibly blessed. Uh, we were speaking this week. We went by uh, Starbucks to grab a coffee, and we got a chance to chat a little bit with one of the managers. And this is a manager who has recently just recovered from cancer. So she's gone through all the treatments, just back to work, and she has started this campaign at work with her employees, and it's on gratitude. Get this. This is a lady who's just been through the war, and she comes back in, she looks at her employees, and she says, I'm going to teach you about gratitude. And you know how she's doing it? Uh, little things, just little simple things. And these are things you could do with your kids, with your grandkids, with your coworkers, with your friends, uh, when you're talking on the phone with your parent. She's, uh, she's simply saying to them things like, uh, at the end of the shift, so what was the best part of your day? Now think about that. Not what was the weather, what was the latest report, what are the latest stats, you know, what all have you missed out on, what was the best part of your day? Ladies, gentlemen, what is the best part of your day? Right now, you're at home, turn to your kids, tell them what's the best part of your day today. What's the best part of your day? Some days, first thing in the morning, I'm going coffee, coffee, more coffee and coffee abounding. But these are important things to release um, hope and to build hope. And, and it's a weapon. Gratitude's a weapon. Um, and the, one of the last things, I mean, there's so many more things I could talk on. Um, let's see if I can find it. It's the one thing in my notes I'm going to do. Is I remind myself of this, because this is a weapon, this is an incredible weapon, is reminding yourself and declaring who God is. Because that's who your hope is in. Katrina's talked about it, Rhonda's talked about it, Tammy's talked about it. That's who our hope is in. Our hope isn't in we love each other, we have a great relationship, but our hope isn't in each other. Our hope is in, in our God. And so, he is God Almighty. He's the God that has not changed. He's the most high God. He's the God who provides. He's the God of peace. Think about that. Let that soak into you. He's the God of peace. He's the God who heals. Just healing right now in the name of Jesus. 
the name of Jesus, for those in need of healing right now, healing. You're the God of healing. And so even though we're not in the same building, we're not in the same room, we're serving the same God, and he is the, he is the healer, the God who heals. He is a God who's full of grace, and he is our comforter, and he is the all-sufficient God. I could go on and on. There's so much more. But these, these are the weapons that I wield in the midst of what other people may perceive and are struggling with hope. Or anytime hope comes knocking on the door, these are the weapons that I use. These are the weapons that I use. And I'm telling you from somebody who went from a very dark place to where I am now, it's, it's not a bunch of nonsense. It's firm foundation. Current culture makes hope sound like a wish, and the other girls have talked on that, and they make it sound very whimsical, and it's not. Hope in the Bible, hope for people of faith is, and listen to this, the joyful anticipation of good. Another great definition. Hope is the joyful anticipation of good. And so, ladies, all of you watching today, we're anticipating good. This is the joyful anticipation of good, that we are full of hope because of the God we serve, the God we know, and we know his character and who he is. So right now, wherever you are, we just declare over you. I'm just praying for you right now. God, I just pray for those who are dealing with, um, with hopelessness, and I pray, God, that they would have a grace right now, a grace would be released for them to receive hope, receive the truth of all the things that have been shared this morning. God, I just pray for, for um, women that are longing for a child. And God, I pray that today would be the day that the shifts take place in their body where you make a way where doctors even say there is no way because you are the God, their healer. I pray for those who are uh, tormented or struggling with fear. I declare over them that the God of peace would just blanket them right now. I declare over every individual that is struggling with their finances that God, their provider right now, is intervening, is intervening. God, I'm anticipating and expecting, I'm joyfully anticipating good reports. Joyfully anticipating good reports because I know who you are. I know who you are and I know whose I am. God, help us to come into an understanding and grasp a hold of whose we are God, may we be faithful. May we be found faithful in serving you. And I pray for dreams to be released right now. This is not a season to stop dreaming. This is a season for dreams to be released. Last year, about this time, 
I gave a word that there was going to be ingenious ideas for revenues and various sources of income, that God was going to download that. And that was just Holy Spirit gave me that word. And I know Barry's had words like that and the other guys and the girls. And we've just been praying into that. We don't just say it on the microphone. We pray into that. And the businesses that have been released, we have people who their incomes are up. Incomes are up. So I just release faith, release hope to you that it's not just for them, that he's the God of plenty. He's got more than enough. So we just release that right now in the name of Jesus. Be blessed. Have an awesome day. Know your love.